0: My next guest is a holistic business coach helping healers, makers, and mystics to grow sustainable businesses without doing all the things or feeling like they're selling out. Please welcome Sarah Chapel. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Sarah Chappelle. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to get to know you and dive deeper. So let's take it home. Like who are you? What do you do? Why are you so passionate about what you do?
1: Well, I am a holistic business coach. I work with spiritual entrepreneurs, uh, wellness entrepreneurs, healers, makers, mystics, and other weirdos uh, to help, (laughs) lovingly, a self-identified weirdo, um, to help them grow sustainable and supportive businesses and I come from a background of about 15 years of sales, marketing, and communication work before I had my own kind of personal health and spiritual crisis that left me to lead corporate, start my own business, and try to find a more sustainable way to uh, to live and, and thrive and make money. And mm. I'm so passionate about this because I think especially, uh, especially for women, but for a lot of folks in our society, work has become untenable. It is unhealthy. It is extractive. And one of the most powerful ways I believe that we have to create change within our current constructs are to create powerful values-driven small businesses.
0: Mm, Oh my gosh. Yes. I believe that too. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about like the, the spiritual side of things. Like I know this is a huge thing in our industry and I feel like there's so many misconceptions around it. So mm-hmm. I want you to let us know exactly like why is spirituality so important in the business space and how you actually help those people.
1: Yeah, you're right. Spirituality has become a huge part, especially in the online business space and the coaching space. And I think the real reason for that is that spirituality is kind of a, is a, is an undercurrent at the very least in a lot of our personal development material and kind of the roots of a lot of modern coaching Mm -hmm. culture comes from a, a spiritual approach to life. And the reason I'm so, I think this is so important is because spirituality Regardless of what you practice, whether you are religious or you're, you know, spiritual, not religious, like many, (laughs) many millennials like me are, or whether you follow a very specific path, um, spirituality helps us to put our lives in a greater context. And One of the challenges of being an entrepreneur is that we become extremely self-focused. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that in a negative selfish way. I think we actually probably should be more selfish. That's a different conversation. (laughs) But we spend all of this time in our head obsessing about whether or not people like us, whether they're going to buy from us, whether Mm. we're doing the right thing, whether our work is good enough. And a spiritual approach ideally situates you within a larger context, whether that is culturally, historically, or simply just in terms of having a relationship with something outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. That is why I think it's so important and why I work a lot with spiritual entrepreneurs, because whether they are people who actually facilitate that work, healers, diviners, um, you know, spell crafters, folks like that, or whether they just want a more spiritual approach, there is a sense of recognizing how critical it is to be part of that greater conversation instead mm. of kind of falling into this like auto cannibalism <laughs> of, of self-development and entrepreneurship.
0: Yes oh my gosh this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So how would you describe being witchy? Like what is it? Like I, I'm really curious like what your description is because I know that in your messaging and on your Instagram like it says witchy so I really want to dive deep into that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a couple different tiers here. Yeah. In the past um I don't know 5 10 years the word witch has been very much reclaimed I think in the popular consciousness mm-hmm. and through oh. a kind of um feminist lens through a lens of um yeah, of historical reclamation that I think is really powerful, especially for women and queer folk and, and marginalized folks to kind of retake power in a way. There, mm-hmm. There's something there. Um, but witchcraft also is a practice that has, uh, has lineages and development. So there's kind of these two layers to it. And I'm speaking to both of those in mm-hmm. terms of my messaging, for sure. <laughs> for me, on the base level, a witch is someone who creates change in concert with the wider world. Mm. Now that's pretty broad (laughs) for sure. (laughs) But I think the key pieces and kind of picking up on your previous question, why do I think spirituality matters is that witches are people who create change. Yeah. And often, especially if we're talking about things like traditional witchcraft or, or kind of what you might think of as like traditional witchcraft practices, we're talking about people who are working with spirits or gods or guides to create change and often have a kind of animistic or more expansive worldview. And we see this in a lot of our traditional religions too, this idea of working with, you know, petitioning a saint or something like that. Like there's a lot of, I, I won't, I'm not going to say that that's witchcraft, but this idea of, of humans working with Otherworldly entities is is kind of a part of it. But I think the most important piece, regardless of how you practice, is this idea of personal agency with a response to and relationship with the collective. And that Mm. is really what witchy is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love this explanation. Thank you so much for sharing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm curious for you, you know, what does that word bring up for you? I know it can be kind of a challenging word for folks, but I think a lot of people are kind of excited by it at this point.
0: Yeah, I honestly like what I think about which I think about like Sabrina, like Spellman.
1: I mean, I love Sabrina so much. So I'm here for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just love the show so much. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> Um, so I know you are the founder of Holistic Business Academy. So I'm very curious to know, like, how do you really marry the business side with the witchy side? Like, how does it all come into harmony and how does it help your client drive?
1: Yeah. So the Holistic Business Academy is the place where I really weave these things together. And the Mm -hmm. first piece of it is that, and I imagine you probably have a similar experience with your clients is that without mm-hmm. some of the kind of uh, the mindset work or the you know trauma-informed approach work or kind of just baseline coaching work, it's very hard for people to succeed overall. You can have all of the marketing skills in the world, but if you don't take action on them, if you get in your own way, if you're repeating old patterns mm-hmm. aren't helping you, it's going to be real hard to <laughs> to generate the revenue yeah. you want and have the impact that you desire. So the program weaves that into, especially our first few um kind of like modules that people work through there. And also like in the coaching that we provide. And that is on some level, again, comes back to this witchiness as people who create change. So I ask the question, what do our customers need in order to be able to create change? What do we have to do Mm. to facilitate that? And a lot of the witchcraft that I, I practice, which is traditional witchcraft um, from the British Isles is very much about questions and curiosity and self-discovery. Um, Mm-hmm. So it actually comes through most potently in the way that I teach, which is largely non-prescriptive. I teach with questions, with door opening, with, um, mm. yes, curiosity creation, I hope, with uh, with offering <laughs> offering kind of frameworks for people to play around in. And while that might not sound like oh, here's a spell to make more money. Though, sure, we talk about stuff like that too. Um, really, it's an approach to business that encourages the exploration, both of self, but also of impact. And I know that sounds a little like, <laughs> I don't know if vague is quite the, quite the right word. It sounds a little heady, maybe. But that's what I think about when I say how witchcraft and spirituality intersect with business is it's, it's about how we actually think about it and what we make it mean because that will change the impact and the results that we get.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, totally. And, and I want you to share like I'm really curious like what a spell would be to make more <laughs> money.
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot of different things to look at. I actually have a whole a year-long program I wrote I um I run called Pyre with uh, one of my friends and mentor Ren Zatapeck which is entrepreneurial witchcraft. That's where like we get really into like the, the witchy stuff <laughs> inside my other programs. It's a little bit more, it's more like witch philosophy baked in and it's very, it's much more business. So <laughs> but, you know, a spell for something like um, making more money, for example, often the way that I would approach this is that often we don't actually, it's not really making more money that's the issue. We actually kind of at that first level need to see what is the thing that's getting in the way of us taking the action to Mm. make more money. A lot of times people really focus on that, you know, um, oh, I just need more money. I just need more money. That's actually not not true. I mean, you you may, right, more money is good. I'm fine with that. But <laughs> usually there's something that's in the way. Mm. And that would be the first step in terms of crafting a spell is trying whether through conversation or coaching or therapy or through, you know, using tarot cards or something to kind of help you think it through or oracle cards or journaling even or meditation to try to figure out what is actually getting in the way of you having more money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if you're unemployed, well you need a, a job, right? Like that like the actual obstacle is is getting maybe getting your resume seen by somebody. It's not just getting more money. So kind of just like if you were planning a launch or something and you would kind of reverse engineer from your goal to figure out uh, how many leads you need to hit a certain revenue number, yeah. we can do the same thing with spell crafting and say okay well, if the goal is more money, what are the steps that need to happen and where am I seeing blocks or challenges along the path? Mm. So for an entrepreneur, often we end up seeing things like visibility issues, yeah. right? Oh, I need more money, but I also haven't sent an email to my list in a year. So shockingly, I haven't made more money. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you you're like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so we might then start to look at a spell that would say, okay, what's stopping me from sending that email? What am I afraid of? What's getting in the way? What do I want to embody? And from there, craft a spell that's actually addressing, especially when we're working with folks who are newer to witchcraft, addressing the things within our realm of power, right? Mm -hmm. Within our personal agency, things that we have more control over is a really potent way to start to craft a spell. And from there, it'd be to some extent, like what works for you? This is a place where glamour is very common if it's visibility. I have this like really killer, like green sparkly lipstick that is like, both ugly and attractive but makes me feel very powerful. I will often like use that to shift my entire energy before doing something that's challenging for me visibility-wise. That in itself is like a micro spell. So that's how we would start to think about a spell for more money is yeah. kind of like peel back the layers just like in a great coaching conversation and figure out what is the actual thing we need to shift and then what will help you to believe that you've made that shift because that's really the most important piece.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. I agree. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Those questions are so important to ask. And I mean, this type of like awareness is so important to have as well. So, yeah, I agree 100%.
1: Yeah, and whether it's through a lens of, I mean, we can talk about it through the lens of witchcraft or spellcraft, we can talk through the lens of coaching, it doesn't really matter what yeah. tools we're using to get there. But yeah, yeah, the awareness is such a key part for any small business owner, because usually we're doing some, usually we're getting in our own way.
0: <laughs> yes, usually, that's what happens, for sure. <laughs> um, I love your Instagram page. And I'm looking at a post mm. that I think is very interesting where you say condemning pain points (laughs) so is it ethical is it spiritual bypassing like I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is really interesting
1: (laughs) well I've noticed I you know I have I have opinions. And I like to say when I'm saying something that's an opinion versus like yeah. a business or a marketing fact. So this is an opinion. Okay. So take from it what you will. <laughs> I noticed over the past year in particular, but I'd say the past several years, a real exciting interest in ethical business. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, a tendency for folks, especially in Instagram, where we can often get the things that go the most viral, the things that are the most popular are the things that are the most divisive, mm-hmm. right? The stronger the take, the hotter the take, the more likely you're going to get that interaction, right? Mm-hmm. And I started to see folks and it would kind of come across my feed or I'd hear it from my clients saying that, you know, you know, using pain points in marketing is bad or exploitative. Mm. And for maybe folks who are listening, if you're not really familiar with this term, this is like kind of a, a known marketing strategy, the idea being that um, you, you're pointing out what's wrong with people, where they are, right? And the word pain point, like exploiting pain point, it sounds like somebody's like digging their thumb into a wound, right? I mean, it sounds, ugh, it doesn't sound great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the reality is that if people are looking for an offer, they have a challenge they're trying to shift, Right, People are not out here looking for a coach, looking for a service provider, um, because everything's fine and dandy. If everything (laughs) were great, they wouldn't be looking for something. So this is where this starts to kind of rub me the wrong way. I am very into nuance. I, I can really, you will never see me like, it's very hard for me to say anything in black or white. I don't really believe in it. I'm like, I think we're all, it's all shades of gray in my mind, but the, the idea that it's never appropriate to refer to somebody's like negative experiences in a marketing comment or something or in a sales page or the challenges they're having, to me, that sounds like spiritual bypassing. Mm. To me, that sounds like high vibes only. We're only going to talk about all the good things that are going on and acknowledging pain and challenge is bad, right? So we're kind of, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater is what I was getting out there. So there's a difference between, for example, inventing pain that people didn't know they had, right? Projecting pain, um, getting people through your copy or your messaging really worked up and anxious. That's different than asking people in your messaging, um, are you having this problem? Mm. (laughs) Right? And when we actually meet people where they are, that creates trust, Instead of pretending like everything's fine. That person who, you know, needs more money, but hasn't sent their email to a list in the year, or, you know, yeah, an email to their list in the year, if we kind of pretend that they don't have any problems, like, how are they going to know that we can actually help them? So that's what I was getting at with this. I'd love to hear, what do you think about this?
0: Have you seen that kind of conversation bubbling up? Yes, I did. And that's why I wanted to chat about (laughs) it. (laughs) Like, I truly believe that, you know, yes, addressing it, but also giving like the the whole picture, the whole vision after you actually yes. make that leap, get the help, what could actually happen? How will your life look like when you do solve that pain point? So it's not only like pointing it out and like pressing on the issue. It's also giving the full picture of, yes, it's possible to learn, get better and and get those results you're looking for as well.
1: Oh I love it you said that too because I think that's one of the maybe the mistakes that people have in their minds or the yeah. misunderstandings when they see that is thinking that if you mention something bad that you like leave people there.
0: Yeah.
1: Like even I think of it on a sales page or in a live video we're not trying to like get people in the ditch and like leave them there. <laughs> the point is to say I see where you are. Yes. I I I witness you. I I'm meeting you here and then take them to the possibility. Yes. Exactly. Because I imagine you've seen this too. Even if people don't invest, even if it's not the right offer for them, a well-written sales page can make somebody feel amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it can make them see possibility they haven't seen before. And if you're doing that, then you are helping somebody, regardless of whether they buy from you. So I'm completely yes. with you. Show them the other side. I think that's a huge part of our job, you know, in sales and marketing.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> So I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast, and I'm very curious to know your answer. What does being a powerful leader mean to you? Oh, I love this question. Um, something that I've been thinking about a lot
1: the past year is leadership, especially as my team has grown and my business yeah. has grown and my visibility has grown. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm just a human here. Like, how <laughs> do I engage with this space? And I think ultimately it is a combination of, for me, being a powerful leader is continuing, you're going to notice uh, notice a trend, being willing to change and create change, continuing to evolve, and also being accountable to my community and having Mm -hmm. clear boundaries around what that means. So for example, one of the problems that I personally have in terms of leadership is a tendency to be people pleasing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My boundaries are not great. So I will spend hours obsessing over the potential reaction of strangers on the internet. Like, that's Mm. like something that I have to work on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not being a powerful leader. But being a powerful leader is being accountable to my team, for example, right? Being accountable to my clients within the boundaries of our relationships. And then allowing myself the gift of continuing to change and grow. Um, I think a lot of times we equate leadership with kind of being perfect or finished. Like, that is a done human who is complete. And that's reinforced, you know, we see, not that I personally view like politicians as being like great leaders in general, but we often see that when politicians change their mind on something, they're criticized for it. Instead of being given the space to evolve, we kind of culturally have this like, oh, you have to get it right the first time or else. Mm. That to me is not powerful leadership. So giving myself the grace to change and then being willing to do that, I think is, is really what, yeah, what that is for me.
0: I love it. I just, wow, I'm blown away by you. You are so amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm blown away
1: by you. I'm so glad that we've gotten the opportunity to to chat today. (laughs)
0: Yes, me too. So do you have, you know, any last piece of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience today?
1: I think, you know, I'm going to go back to my little theme of change. If witches are people who create change in the world, if leadership for, for me personally is a large part of being allowed to change and to take responsibility for that, then I'm going to encourage you to look at your business through that lens today and see, is there something that you want to change that was that is within your realm of control, where you have the agency to affect that change? Instead of looking all the way out there, like launch numbers and like stuff that's like, you know, dependent on other people, what is the thing that you can do? Because if we bring it down to that level of like where your personal agency intersects with your ability to affect the world, that's where the magic happens. So yeah. go forth and, and create some change today.
0: <laughs> love it <Yay. laughs> so where can people go to connect with you further in the online space
1: yeah come on over to Instagram that is where I hang out I am there at Sarah M. Chapel, and um, from there you can you can find anything you want including some more hot
0: takes on <laughs>
1: business ethics
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it well thank you again so much for your time for being here you are amazing keep shining your light <laughs> thank you so much for having me